Hello, world. Hey. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. 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 Hi. It's like I forgot not to say hello. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Life with Kaka. I'm your host and fellow producer, Carolina Gropa. It has been a minute since I've been able to get you guys an episode, and I do apologize for that. It really bums me out, but sometimes my schedule just gets away from me, and then I get sick on top of it. Such is life. Such is Kaka. But here we are. This week I sat down with Natalie Metzger. She was a dancer before she ever set her foot in the world of filmmaking. A detail I find pretty cool. She freelanced for a while before finding her home at Vanishing Angle as the VP of Development and Production. Natalie truly beams with happiness over how much she loves her job, despite the challenges. And given that this documentary that I've been working on, which is very cool, about women in comedy, has been in the height of its production, I have been a bit tired and exhausted, and so this conversation was a great reminder of why I do what I do. It also reminded me to find time for self-care, to rest, something I'm not very good at most of the time. I know, I know. I'm a work in progress too, you know. It's comforting that in talking about our caca, the show has somehow become like therapy for me at times. And for some of the guests, that's the feedback they've given me. Has it for you? I hope so. Well, let's dig in and hear from Natalie. We met through Claire, where we were connected through Claire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You guys went to school together? Yeah, we went to CalArts. To CalArts? Yeah, which is where I went to grad school um, for dance, actually. I have a master's in choreography. (laughs) I think that's actually really cool. When I was, like, doing my research on you, uh, to me, it's, like, the best producers were artists first. Mm, Yeah, totally. So I was curious how how much that identity has informed who you are today as a producer and even when you started in your journey to get here, which I really want to dig into, like how you've been able to navigate that. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of just totally fell into producing and into film in a way. Um, I was um, making these works for the stage. There were these like experimental kind of physical theater, dance theater pieces. Um, And I would you know, produce them and direct them and write them and choreograph them. And I would work on them for months and months and rehearse with the dancers and get all prepared and get the show up and running. Um, And the shows did well, like they like, you know, got awards, they got commissioned to go to different theaters. Um, But I would put in all this work and then it would be up for like three weekends or four weekends. And, you know, if it was in a theater in like Santa Monica, let's say no one from the East side would be able (laughs) to come. It's like anyone within a 10 mile radius only. Right. Um, And so I hated how ephemeral it was. Like I Mm. wanted something um, that like lasted that I could share with people like, you know, all around the country. Um, And uh, so I started filming my choreography. So I took my dancers, brought them to like interesting locations like that just have like really cool visuals and just um filmed the choreography there um and i i had bought a dslr camera and so i just kind of like taught myself how to use it um i taken an editing class in college and so i edited those things together and um started sending those off to festivals and they started doing well they got some awards they yeah. like, played a bunch of places um and so i started just doing more of those and through doing that um started doing music videos and commercials which are kind of very similar to dance films in many ways it's like cool visuals with like fun music or whatever (laughs) um and uh and I also got um hooked up with women in film and so I started um, working on their PSA program so I um started as a a producer and then started directing um, and then eventually was executive producing on their business affairs committee. Um, and so I was just getting a lot of onset experience. Um, and my friends from the film school at CalArts started asking me to help them make their films. They're like, Oh, can you help me make my film the way you made your film? And I was like, sure. Um, and I'd always produced the like, f- you know, physical theater shows. Like I was, yeah. you know, doing all the, all that stuff. And so um, I knew how to do a budget and I knew how to book vendors and I knew how to negotiate with crew and all that stuff. And um, so I did. So I started helping my friends do it and then they would tell their friends and it was a total word of mouth thing. And then eventually people started paying me to do it. They're like, oh, we'll pay you this much to, to come on and produce. And I was like, oh, cool. Like I can get paid yeah. to do this. Um, and uh, yeah, I just kind of built up from there. And then I started doing features and then series. And um, then I met um, Matt Miller at Vanishing Angle and started producing stuff here. And um, yeah, and then the work here started getting so consistent and um, started doing more features here that 
Uh, now I'm the VP of production and development here. That's a angle. very like concise nutshell <laughs> like <laughs> summary of everything. <laughs> I, I'm so grateful. Thank you. Um, but I do want to go back because I want to talk a little bit about the transition from when you discovered that producing was like a viable career path and you had been doing choreography and it sounds like up until that point, maybe you had the skills that one would now quantify as like a producer, but at the time you didn't really know it. So when you were going through that transition, did you feel sad? Was there a loss of like, oh, I don't, I'm not going to do that anymore. Now I'm. it's taking me here. No, I mean, it was like, it felt so natural and organic to everything that I've been doing. Um, mm. And yeah, I mean, like, it was kind of this interesting discovery. I think it was when people started paying me to do it that I was like, oh, this is like a position that people do. Yeah. Before it was just like, oh, I'm just going to help my friend. And they're giving me the title of producer because it just like made the most sense for what I was doing. Um, and then when people were like, cool, like, and we're going to give you this fee. And I was like, oh, right. Like, this is a thing. And um, and the more that I learned about it, like, I just like started digging in more. And that's like why I wanted to get hooked up with women in film and like why I wanted to work with all these different organizations. It was like, like I want to learn everything about this. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've always had kind of an OCD brain. I've always <laughs> been the kind of person that like loves like, spreadsheets and color coding and yeah, budgets and like same. like I actually really really enjoy yeah. it um and I do find it to be extremely creative mm-hmm. um I mean you're constantly creatively problem solving um and so yeah it didn't feel as much like a transition as just like oh uh, I'm I'm gonna do this now and this is like so interesting and cool and I want to learn all about it um and I do feel like uh coming from the perspective of being someone that was directing for the stage and then also being a director who directed commercials and um, I do a lot of documentary work mm-hmm. um, and I'm now actually starting to direct narrative more um, that uh, I feel like it really enhances what you can be as a producer. Um, if you have like the skill set that um, I knew what I wanted in a producer mm. for both the stage and for film that I never really thought that I had and so um and what was that what was it that you wanted oh god that's like the best question ever um <laughs> I don't know like just um it's 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 like you you want something that doesn't exist but like you want someone that's like always there and always available that like can like support you through the the like the insanity of the process because it's such an insane process yeah. um who has their shit together so that like nothing falls through the cracks um who's always communicating but is always like nice to be around and who people want to work for and like who can like lead the troops um and uh yeah and like and also someone who can be a sounding board for for creative to like bounce ideas off of or who can like help guide if um you know there's like maybe something that doesn't work within the budget or maybe it's just like uh a producer's like seen that not work before and it's just like hey i was just like i just want to flag this as like something that you might want to you know reconsider Mm -hmm. or think about um yeah i just like wanted to have that person and so then it was very easy to be that person um because i knew what what i would want in that position um and yeah, and like, and I love producing, and um, and I still direct some, but like, I I would never want to stop. Yeah, producing. So producing is still gives you that fire. You don't feel totally. like when you get to step into the role of just producer, and it's someone else is sort of steering the ship, right? As the director, you're not like, oh, I could do it this way. Like, no, you, you don't have those I, thoughts. I like love. I love producing. Um, I love being a facilitator for people. Um, I I love. It feels very maternal for me. It's like mm. very much like nurturing. Um, I feel like the director is, yeah, this person that I'm just like so excited to be there for. Like, it, like the director producer relationship is so like a spouse. It's so mm. like a marriage. Um, you said in another interview that it was like being a midwife, which yes, I thought was exactly. like a really good <laughs> description. Yeah, it really is because I mean, I mean, you're like helping this person through one of the most like traumatic experiences of their yes, life. Yes, and um, and and the like the thing that they are giving birth to is like not like yours necessarily, but like it is so important that it exists, and you're helping make that come into life and yes. so it really does feel like feel like that. I've used the childbirth metaphor often on this show because while I don't have children of my own I often say that if if like production is like labor 
you know, and then you have the baby and then you're like, oh my God. And two years later, you're like, it's so cute. And then you forget like birth how, amnesia. how birth, like birth was and, and the pregnancy. Totally real and then you're like, maybe Matt we'll talks about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's always like, yeah, there's like birth amnesia. That's like production. You forget, you know, yeah. you just forget the, the battle of production. And I obviously don't mean to, I've never been to real battles. So I can't like speak on that. It's kind of insanity what we do. And it sounds like you came up doing a lot of physical production and wearing all the hats and mm-hmm. learning as you went, which is very similar to my journey. I, I've not directed anything, but it's fascinating to me to hear that you've dipped your toe in sort of all sorts of ponds in, in this industry and like the creative side of it, because you also write and you've directed not just one type of thing, multiple things. You've done commercials and commercial music videos, like you said, and docs and out narrative, which mm-hmm. is so exciting. <laughs> we need more women directing. Yes. Um, but to still be like a cheerleader as a producer for others, like it sounds like you are, is like a really refreshing, I think, breath yeah. of fresh air. Yeah, I mean, if, if if given the choice, I would I would still like, I would probably produce like 75 to 80% of yeah. the time. And then, I mean, I I love directing. They're definitely like stories that I want to tell. Um, I, I think I'll always come back to producing. Just yeah. there's like, there's something that I, um, that I just really enjoy. What is it that you love about it? I don't know. It's, um, I love... I love speed. I love moving fast. There's mm. like, there's something about producing that's like, it's a race. Like you are just constantly moving quickly and you have to um, just get it all done. And there's something that's like, it's almost like a, like a game in a way. It's like, <laughs> how many emails can I get through? Like how many like cells in the spreadsheet can I like fill out? Like uh, it's, it's, it's fun and, and you get to do it. I mean, at least here, like I get to do it with friends and people that I love and respect and it's um it's a magical experience when you're directing you're very isolated Hmm. and you kind of have to be in order to like kind of keep your vision and not get kind of um distracted with like all the things that that can you know uh, make it go sideways whether it's like a producing issue or like a crew issue or whatever like you kind of have to just isolate yourself but producing is like very different like it's so interpersonal and so like you just have to um be able to deal with all sorts of different people yeah um yeah i don't know do you ever get overwhelmed by all of it um yeah sometimes uh when i've taken on too many projects and realized that uh yeah that there's no way to not work uh you know 14 hours every day for seven days a week for a very long time and i like look into the future i'm like cool i can have a break from that in like six months yeah (laughs) then it can be sometimes overwhelming um well and how many projects is that like what's the uh, metric for you (laughs) yeah um like i mean right now there's like like a few too many but we're like about to finish a couple but like we have this um feature in post-production right now um it's a film called the werewolf um Mm. that it's jim Cummings' second feature and then we're shooting this feature documentary about yogi berra oh Um, cool yeah it's for fun and then i'm producing and directing this like short documentary i'm um just finished a short that I directed. We're releasing Greener Grass, which I produced. I was at Sunday Congrats, this yes, year. Thank you. Yeah, we release um, October 18th. Around the corner. Yeah. And then we're shooting Jim's third feature um, in less than four weeks. And I'm producing that wow. and also first ADing it. So that's like eight things. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, I feel like I, I probably took on one too many things. But, yeah. um, but it's also... Great, you know, yeah. because uh, like again, like all all the filmmakers that I'm working with are people that I absolutely adore. Um, so that's just fun to just get to be around them all the time. Um, I don't know, like it's it's a lot of time, but it's also it doesn't feel like work, you know, yeah. or it's I don't know, it's just like all part of hanging out, you know. Like I'd probably just be here doing this if it was the weekend you know I mean I am I do all the time (laughs) so you don't feel like it consumes your life and then you don't have time for other things that fill your well whatever they may be yeah I mean uh I there's one thing I wish I had more time to exercise Mm. that's like one thing like taking care of your body and your health that's something that I find (laughs) uh and and have also found in the past is like one of the first things that I start to ignore I'm just like oh I'm just gonna put my um you know face to the grindstone and just like get the work done and then it's like oh cool like I'm getting sick I mean especially coming up in the dance world like I I can feel when I haven't exercised and like yeah. been in my body um and so that's something that I'm trying to actively be like okay well I have to at least set aside time to go for a run or like go take a dance class or something well I was gonna ask you I find it so fascinating because 
it's like we spend most of our lives now in modern society, like in our heads and living like chest up, Mm -hmm. like we're all here. And most people are not in tune with their bodies. And I'm I'm a yogi. So that's like why I say that when I'm in crazy production mode, and I can't make a yoga class, I can't take care of my body. And I didn't come up dancing or anything. I wasn't athletic. But now it's at a place where if I don't have that make that time to reconnect, Mm -hmm. it starts to have all sorts of other effects, you know, like even when I was just in New York last week, like, I had to find one yoga class that I could take just to like pause because mm-hmm. our brains are going so much and it's an overstimulation left and right, not just with the work we do, but with life and everything totally. that's in your face and like reconnecting to your body is so important. So I'm glad to hear you say that yeah. um, and that that's important to you. And I hope you're finding time for it. I'm I'm trying to. It's like it's like still a, like a struggle to do it. Like I'm still... Yeah. Um, trying to like find the time and like and and actually like make the space for it but um but I'm getting there I'm like yeah. I've started going like on more runs and um I'm I'm going to try to start taking a dance class every now and then yeah um but the mind explained is like one of my like new favorite shows I absolutely love this show they were just talking about like how the research shows that um prepping for an SAT test um actually like the more that you study doesn't help but like like the best thing that they've found is um actually like meditating beforehand like makes the scores go up more mm-hmm. than like any other mm-hmm. thing um there's something about like actually clearing the brain that can make you remember things better um and so that like that is just something good to remember that sometimes when when speed is the thing and when you're trying to like move so quickly and just get through all the things and get through all the to-dos um you can kind of forget that actually like taking a moment just to breathe can actually make everything go faster. Yeah, yeah. I often feel like I blink and like, whoa, six months have passed. Mm-hmm. And like, whoa, I'm a year older. Like, mm-hmm. just it's like you're on this nonstop roller coaster. And I feel like you're at times exhilarated and it's the best ride of your life. And other times like you're vomited all over yourself and you don't have time to get off and like clean up. You just gotta keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? exactly. <laughs> but most of the time you're not like sick to your stomach. Mm-hmm. You're just like enjoying the ride along the way. But if you had to define a producer, how would you define one? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I do feel like I like a midwife for like the visual medium is like kind of the best the best way I can think to to describe it. I mean, it's like like a producer is 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 the person that has that has to make it happen, you know, like like the word produce is like to like to make happen to like to take action um and so uh to me at the end of the day like like the producer is is the one that's responsible to get it made and to uh help facilitate the director's vision to make it happen with whatever resources you're given um yeah um in some way shape or form um to to have a finished product at the end of the day mm. um that that somehow resembles what the director was intending to do um yeah I don't know like I'm uh I like very much believe in like um producing as like as a verb it's you know um like leading from the trenches of like you know not this kind of ivory tower thing but rather like Mm. yeah like being down in the trenches like with everyone and like helping make it happen you know there's not um if if we need to get a shot done and like something needs to be like picked up or like trash needs to be swept like I'm I'm like right there with the PAs if needed like Mm -hmm. to 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 get the job done because like you know we're all in this together and it's like a team and um uh yeah no I I think there is perception of producers that is not real it's part of why I wanted to start the podcast is because I, I think in having these conversations, you get to see the through lines of the kinds of people, the kinds of humans who are drawn into this. And time and time again, no matter what the path has been or where someone is today, I find that it's just people who love that community and that team building. And like, it really is like, a, you know, moving from A to B and getting everybody there safely and fed and like hydrated and, and moving the troops around, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think that's a beautiful thing. But do you feel like there are misconceptions that people have of producers or of you? Have you felt that in the past? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think producing like it's, it's something that I, I talk with a lot of my fellow producer friends about is is like the producer credit is like one of the most diluted ones and so it's like the most confusing to the general population because like 
I hear all the time, okay, I know what a director does, I know what a cinematographer does, I know what an editor does, like, but what does a producer do? Like, what is your day to day? And I think it's because there are so many types of producers and so many different kinds of producers that get the same credit, um, mm. which is where it's confusing. Um, and where I hope like the like the PGA with the PGA mark is going to start kind of helping to differentiate that. But um, but yeah, like there 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 are definitely the producers that are like just financiers, and then there are producers that um, are more on the ground, but they might just sit at monitor and just give feedback. And then there are producers that um, you know are line producers that you know can just like do the budget and and you know and do kind of like the more uh, logistical things. Um, but then there are producers that can kind of do everything. And that's like the kind of producer that I try to be, like the kind of producer where um, I can sit at monitor and give creative feedback, but I'm also building the budget and like filling in the gaps of wherever the crew has dropped the ball if needed and um, and helping to find financing if needed and um, giving notes on the script and like helping develop it from like the ground up. It's tough because all of those different people – with all those different job descriptions all sometimes just get a producer credit. And so yeah. it's like, it's hard to define um, for, I think the general population. Cause they're like, Oh, right. So like a producer's like the money person. And it's like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. And sometimes not. And sometimes yeah. like not at all. And sometimes like, and like, w- like what does money mean? Like, does that mean like getting the money or does that mean like managing the money? You know, like uh, <laughs> those are very different things. Yeah. Um, and uh Yeah. Jerry Weintraub, who he was uh, one of the first books I read about producing, and he had this great quote that I'm completely saying out of context about how when producing began, when the film industry began, a producer was one person. Like it was one person who was with the project from start to finish, inception to death. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the way, we've compartmentalized all of the different segments of producing. And maybe that was to create more jobs. I don't know. Maybe it was because of unions and the DGA and like, okay, we're going to have a person who runs and manages the production and whatever the case may be. It's so separated now that people specialize in these different areas, but there's rarely the old school what I call the soup to nuts producer who is with the project from inception and sees it all the way through posts. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just so interesting how it continues to evolve. And now with like streaming and all of these things and content creators also being producers of their own content, it's just like the title has become even more convoluted and even more challenging to explain. And it does frustrate me a little bit because I think it dilutes what we do Mm -hmm. you know it takes it and says oh well like anybody can do that and the perception that people have and even myself like when I started and I would see producers at monitor I was like oh like that's what you do like you roll up to set like five hours after call and you have a (laughs) Starbucks cup and you sit at monitor and you listen to the thing on the context Mm -hmm. and you give notes and you leave and you make dinner you know and I was like that's cool Mm -hmm. that's not what I'm doing so (laughs) how do you get there you know but you have not felt this sort of like eye of misconception towards you specifically in your journey no no I mean I mean I've I almost have only worked through word of mouth and so um I don't think there's ever been like a like a weird misconception about um, what I bring to the table, like mostly just because like through word of mouth, it's like, oh, well, this is what Natalie does. And they'll like, they'll explain to the person like, you know, this is the kind of producer that she is. I think it's interesting. A friend of mine, a producer friend of mine, um, she, she was in a meeting um, with a director and the, um, the director was like meeting with someone that like was potentially going to like throw in a little bit of money. It wasn't like a big amount. Um, and they were like, yeah, and you can have like a producer credit. Um, and they said that in front of her, who, and she's the producer, um, uh, in like, you know, in this meeting, and she had to pull them aside afterwards and be like, hey, like, how about we give them a director credit? And they were like, whoa, whoa, like, you can't give them a director credit. And she's like, why is it okay to just give them a credit for like what I'm doing? Mm. You know, um, it's like, it's like related to like the money of it, right? Of like, well, you can just like give someone a producer credit, you know, if they give some money. Um, and it's the same yeah. thing as someone like spending like months of their life, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to like get this thing made um, every day for 14 hour days. So <laughs> that is like a like a thing that, you know, is, 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 is tough. But, but I, I, I really appreciate the producer's guilt um, trying to take that on. And, yeah. Um, and like the PGA mark, I think is a really great way to differentiate like, who are the 
Right. Who's producers. And, and the PJ mark for people listening who may not know is essentially a denotation that the PJ started giving to really find out who physically made the movie. So what they'll do is they'll call like crew members, they'll call people who worked and ask who was a producer on set, like who was the person that you um, answer to, who was interfacing with you every day. And that typically is considered the person who gets the PJ mark would, would be the produced by credit yeah. as opposed to just a producer credit. Yeah. And it's like beyond just like the crew is also like talking to the director to be like who was working with you on the script is like talking to the editors like to figure out like who was working through posts like who like it's like it's everyone. And so yeah, it's like not something that can just be hidden. You know, it's like. Yeah. And it's only one person that can get it, right? Uh, no, it can be it can be multiple. Um, okay. But uh, but yeah, so it's like it's like essentially anyone that that is getting a producer credit on the film um, gets like submitted. The producer skill actually reaches out to, you know, the director, the writer, the editor, um, and then like the UPM. There's like there's like a whole like list. Yeah, there's, I've like, been reached. I've been reached out yeah, to before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and they essentially like get, like give the list of like all the people. It's like what was your interaction with each of these people? And sometimes I've had crew reach out to me and be like, Hey, like I don't know how to answer this because like I don't know, like I don't recognize a couple of these names like I haven't never even heard of them like mm, and I'm like yeah <laughs> there's you can just say that <laughs> say um, that yeah so yeah and you were freelance for a long time and then you've been here in house now at Vanishing Angle for how long um so I started working at Vanishing Angle about four and a half years ago but I was still freelance I was just doing you know projects here and there with them um and then I became the VP of the company um earlier this year Ooh, congrats. Yeah, thanks. What was that transition like? It was really organic. Um, I mean, I was already doing so many projects out of here. And even like when projects would come to me from outside of the company, I would still try to like run them through VA just because it made it easier. And like, um, and I really trust the team here um, a lot. Um, and we also have like post facilities. And so even like if a project was produced outside of it, you know, we would like run post through here or something like that. Um, we we made this movie. Um, it's a, you know, studio negative pickup and it had like some bigger budget earlier this year. Um, and as we were all on set together, um, and we were talking about like what we wanted to do with the company, what we wanted to do in the future. And um, we were all just like talking as a team of like, and, you know, and I was giving suggestions of like, well, we could do this with the company. And like, what if, you know, what if we did a new logo or what if, you know, like we just like would talk about um, kind of like the the strategy for the for the company as a whole. Um, and it just kind of made sense to, um, yeah, have me come on in a more like official capacity. Mm. So you were never like just on the freelance grind. And then it was like, oh, I'm going to go in house now. I'm tired of the freelance life. I want to find a home. No, it was it yeah, it was, it was happened. much more like organic mm -hmm. of like, well, you're you're kind of always here anyway. Like, why don't we just make this more <laughs> like you official? Don't leave, yeah, so <laughs> I'll just invite you. <laughs> it was like we're like we're dating. We can just like go ahead and get married. It's okay. <laughs> and how's married life so far? <laughs> um, it's been amazing here. Vanishing Angle is a really special special place. Like, there's um, a family atmosphere here that's. Um, it's extremely supportive and we constantly work with the same crew and creatives. And so we become like a really tight knit community. You know, we do like a weekly writers group that everyone is able to attend. And we have everyone from like actors and production designers to directors and producers that all come for that. Yeah. Um, we do monthly movie nights. Um, we try to do monthly group hikes where we, you know, it's just like we do a lot of um, culture building. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah. And like the projects are really great. We've, so far been having good success yeah um, and i think part of that is because the company's built on the idea that we do both commercials and films and the commercials are the thing that pays the overhead um and helps us like give the creatives a working wage um and helps us like give crews like great rates and so then when we do the indie films there's not a financial burden mm. on them of like this has to do well for the company to sustain um and so it allows us to take a lot of creative risks with the films yeah and then like the crews from like our commercials are willing to do minimum wage on the indie film because they know that we're going to get them a great rate on the next commercial yeah. um, and they work pretty consistently with us and also because of our track record with the indie films they know that it's most likely gonna do like well at a festival or get some attention and so yeah. um uh yeah it's just like a really really great i get to make movies with my friends it's kind That's of the best awesome. <laughs> you talked a lot about in other interviews i read about this idea of finding your tribe which i love because i very much subscribe to it but i'm curious like what 
what was that process like for you of finding your tribe and how do you recommend to someone listening how they go about finding their own tribe? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great question. It's it's a little bit of um, trial and error. Uh, like I, I found that I had to just like work on a lot of projects, like work with a lot of different kinds of people. Um, and I started to recognize there were like some people that I worked with that I'm like, oh, well, I'm never going to work with that person again. And like they like are create a very toxic environment or like or you know or people are like where cool that you know that was fine like you know we had a great working relationship but like you know there were like wasn't like a chemistry or like you know a spark Mm. and then there were people that you just like work with you kind of like fall in love with your like directors like I mean I like I have like for for example Jocelyn and Don who are the the directing team behind Greener Grass um and I did a short film with them as well called The Arrival they're just such incredible women they are like smart and talented and beautiful and so funny and so weird like they create like (laughs) the like most strange things in their brains um and I love them to death and 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 so like I I love working with them I love helping them create their their crazy worlds um and then Jim Cummings like I love producing for him like he he is um he has such an authenticity to his mm. um, performances and like he he will make you laugh and he will make you cry like all within 30 yeah. seconds um and and he his approach to filmmaking is like so like let's just do it we're like we're just gonna go make it happen it doesn't matter who's gonna give us permission um and so i just i just love working with him and, and watching how he interacts with actors and um and watching how he directs himself because he's in a lot of the, the things that he yeah. directs. um and yeah, and then like other other filmmakers that I've worked with, like um, Kelly King, who directed um, a YouTube series that we did called Game Lab, and um, there's just there's just like so many amazing people. You can just feel when someone clicks, yeah. and um, and then you, when you find that click, you just like try to work with them over and over and over again. Someone asked me like, "Oh, well, should I take this job? I don't know. Like, it doesn't pay well, but like the director's really cool." And I'm like, if the director's cool and it's a cool project, like, don't like don't worry about the money because like like the money will come eventually if if it's a cool project and 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 you're just going to be happier doing a project that like with someone that you believe in yeah and most likely those are going to be the more successful things that are going to like lead to the better you know more successful or like you know more profitable career in the long run anyway yeah well because if it's a relationship business you know the, then what are you investing in if you're here to just get rich then like you've chosen the wrong totally <laughs> as producers like we don't send our resume out really it's mostly word of mouth I often say like who you are offset is no different than who you are on set like mm-hmm. they are the same person you yeah know? there isn't the separation of identity yeah. so the way you lead your life is just you and yeah. that's intrinsically yours mm-hmm. and so I've, I always say find the people that like whatever that is about you that is intrinsically you and invest in those relationships yeah and regardless of the outcome right because nobody knows what's ahead for anyone any of us at least the journey will be so much more worthwhile because that's the only thing you can mm-hmm. control. It's no different than production. Like the only thing you can control is the experience because you don't know how it's going to cut together. Right. All of the things that are sort of like the magic of filmmaking that either works or doesn't work. But in the moment of making the thing, when you're in the trenches, all you can control is the experience. So can you be kind? Can you be gracious? Yeah. In in the face of like some not easy stuff, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that's what separates, my opinion, like the really good producers from the producers who give other producers a bad rep, you know, yeah. who yell and scream and are abusive. And I, I believe we're entering a new wave of people who subscribe to that approach. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. It's been really great to see that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so easy to show gratitude. Yeah. It's like literally the easiest thing. Like saying thank you on set mm-hmm. goes such a long way. And people can feel whether they're respected or not. And, you know, for me, like it's all about the long-term relationships. Like I want to be working with the same crew for decades. I want to be like working with the same director directors for decades. Like there's um, – it's about creating that like long-term relationship and some of the basic things of like helping create that and like like creating the tribe is like – is respect, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and there's, I have seen other producers who clearly have no respect 
for any of the people around them. Like they're just seen as stepping stones yeah. to something else. What, you know, whether it's like fame or fortune or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, like, I mean, it kind of goes back to this idea of like, it's, it, it's all about the journey, you know, it, there's something worthwhile in the process of filmmaking itself. And there's something worthwhile about that family that is created. Yeah. Um, and even if it's brief, it's like the, you know, two months or two weeks, whatever it is for like creating that project. Like that is, that is a thing that like was created together with this like, team of people yeah Um, and there's something really special and magical about that and and when everyone feels respected and feel like they're part of something kind of bigger than themselves and that and 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 that they couldn't do alone there's um I don't know like it's like it's a high yeah there's (laughs) nothing better than that I think that's why we do it it's Mm -hmm. like to back up to the childbirth metaphor you know the baby finally comes out and Mm -hmm. everyone I everyone I know every woman I've I've known who has had a baby talks about that euphoria Mm -hmm. that you feel after and it's very short-lived but I think as filmmakers we feel that when it goes well even like on a two-day shoot sometimes you know you can feel that on like a commercial you'll be like I can't believe this is over like it's (laughs) like you're so filled yeah with um gratitude and appreciation and i think it's important to come back to that because we are very privileged to get to do what we do Mm -hmm. and to be a part of shaping stories and perspectives worldwide you never know the impact the thing you're making is going to have on a person that maybe you'll never meet and you'll never know yeah and that's okay yeah um so yeah. anyway, I tend to like philosophize and get like very yeah no, but it's but it's like but it's like so true. You know, that's like the power of film, and it's like why it excites me so much more than I think theater ever did is because like the impact that it can have. Like, I mean, it's it's global and it yeah. exists, or you know, hopefully like f- forever. I mean, yeah. like people, you know, will continue to like watch that film or that or that show or you know whatever it is and 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 we'll and we'll get something out of it i mean i have films from like five or six years ago that i sometimes still get messages about that like this changed my life you know like there's like there's there's something so um uh important and like and kind of crazy how influential it can be like just this like thing that we do yeah that you know can that that's sometimes kind of thrown together um but like it can really like shape a person just by like watching something yeah um but switching gears when you have had difficulties or challenges that you've been up against or hurdles since the beginning of your career maybe things didn't weren't going in a way that you thought or planned or hoped or you've gotten frustrated and maybe felt like giving up I don't know if you've ever had that darkness I ask because I have and I go through it often and in fact to be perfectly honest because I have freelanced for so long and sometimes you get a little lost and just like the shuffle of not having a tribe a little bit and so I'm curious if there is some version of that in your narrative so far in your journey and if so like how you've pushed through yeah yeah i mean there's the, there's definitely been um either a person involved that you know that doesn't have that kind of respect for you know for other people mm-hmm. and you can kind of feel it and like and there's no way to really get around it and that has sometimes like just yeah creates like a darkness of like why am i doing this again yeah like what's um, the point yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then I've also like struggled with when I've like kind of taken on too too much. Um, and and I'm also the kind of person I'm I'm never the one to be like, oh, well, that's not my job. Like I'm always the one that like dives in and and, and takes on other pro- you know other things or like other positions. If someone has dropped the ball, I'm like, oh, I can do that too. <laughs> um, and sometimes I'll I'll take on so much that. I'm I'm just not getting enough sleep for the human body to continue and, and it can just like literally make sleep deprivation cause like really crazy things. Yeah. Um I feel like I've gotten through both of those things through like I think leaning back into the tribe. I sometimes have to remind myself that I like I can ask for help and that's okay, mm. you know. I think as a producer you like do whatever you can to make it happen and like you kind of take it on and 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 especially if you were like one of the solo producers on a project um that like you like you forget that you have this like whole support network of like yeah. other producers and like and just other people and loved ones and you know that want to help <laughs> yeah um so yeah i don't know um and also just powering through it like knowing that there's going to be like cool like it's going to be over and in, in, yeah. in a little bit you know would you say you're an anxious person um 
Yes, sometimes. Um, I feel like uh, more so when I haven't been exercising. <laughs> I see, um, a, see a, a, a common like. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it's like kind of in the nature of the producer to like always yeah. worry about like the worst case scenario to always like go through like, okay, well, like what if this happens and this happens and like let's plan for this. And um, I think there's kind of like a built-in anxiety in just mm-hmm. the job description. But I also try to trust in like the work and the people yeah. around me and um, yeah, not not get caught up in that. I've, I've observed this commonality of the kinds of people who end, end up choosing producing in some way or another, having that same quality of anxiety and being so great at problem solving and finding solutions for problems that don't exist yet mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. And I often wonder how that bleeds into their personal lives, if it, if at yeah. all. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, luckily I have... Um, <laughs> Almost all my friends are are in in the industry and also like work at this company, which is helpful. <laughs> um, but like, but yeah, like like my husband is also in the industry. He's a composer, um, nice. and we also um, write together and also co-direct together. And so, um, like, he also gets it. So like, everyone in my life is like gets it. Yeah, there's also something about getting to like work with your partner that that can um, just make it so much better you know like it's um not only can can you like you're not missing out on time with them um but they're like helping you make the thing happen yeah in 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 whatever way yeah um so I don't know that's how I feel like I've gotten (laughs) around it I love it I I love being able to be like what are we having for dinner also what did you think about this version in the like you know of the <laughs> of the script like can we change this scene and like have you seen the newest cut I don't like the VFX but like yeah, you know yeah, or whatever yeah. it is like there's something I like being able to switch to like um back and forth from that cuz like to me like I don't separate my personal life from my work life mm-hmm. um and sometimes <laughs> like that's like a lot but like <laughs> but it also um means for me that like I'm also like never working in a way or like you know we're always working just because it's I don't know it's all it's all the same but if you kind of uh in my mind like if I approach it as um this is all like just my my life that I just like being around these people and doing these things yeah well it seems like you you're very in control of that you know like you've curated this life for yourself and now you get to live it and that's amazing you know what I mean I think like that people may look at what you're describing and say oh that's the goal mm. to get to that place and you've already like arrived there <laughs> and so, you know what I mean to someone else's perspective of course we never arrive everybody's on their own struggle and journey <laughs> but like that is really refreshing to hear because I know a lot of other producers I've spoken to have felt very beaten down mm. by this industry and by the compromises that they have to make um, in other parts of their lives. Like older women that I've spoken to who had to make that choice between their career and having a family and being a mother and all of this, these like realities of being a woman with a biological clock. Hopefully it doesn't have to be a choice. I just read this book and I forget the name of it, but um, it was essentially these like interviews with like the best um, scientists in their fields. And so it was like the best neuroscience and the best astrophysicist. And like, um, and one of them um, was this, was this woman um, and she's like at the top of her field. I forget which field it was. Um, and, you know, she's in her like 60s or 70s at this point. Um, and the interviewer asked her, you know, like, you know, you chose not to have kids, like, you know, do you ever regret regret the decision or like, you know, Mm -hmm. or why? And she was like, well, I never thought I had the time, you know, like it was never an option in my mind because I didn't have the time. And she was like, looking back, I totally could have, like, I would have figured it out. I would have made it work. And like, it wouldn't have affected where I got to like Mm. you can kind of find like the moment she was like recommending to the women that were studying under her she was like if you want to have kids have kids like don't not have kids because of the work because like you will find a way to make it work um and I thought that that was like really interesting and and like inspiring from like from 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 a woman who's at the top of her field you know in her 60s and 70s to like have that perspective especially in today's day and age there are like ways to work but like I mean it's something that like we talk about at Vanishing Angle of like well like you know we should have like a a, an ability to have daycare on like set and yes and like and how do we like make sure that you know Mm -hmm. we can work with with mothers like there like there shouldn't be a reason that like our DP who recently had a baby can't like 
have the baby like strapped to her, you know, like yeah. while she's, you know, you know, coordinating whatever. And well, so- I think even like just regular crew members too. Like some some people will will not take a job because if the rate isn't at the right amount, it doesn't pay for their babysitter totally. that they need to pay for to yeah. do the job, yeah. you know? So I think creating that space, I'm very excited to see how we as like a, a industry can create that because yeah. I think there is the space for it. There's another producer I talked to who is a new mom and she was saying that there are already these like pop-up daycares that are like trailers, you Mm -hmm. know, and you just pay and they just roll up on set and you just drop off your kids and they're on set with you the whole time, you know? Like there's got to be a way to create that. Like we create all of this other crazy ass stuff for a living. So to create an environment where you can have your kids, like that should be that much harder, you know? Totally. It also makes the work better. If that person is like the most talented at their position and you wanted to hire them, whether they have a kid or not, they are going to want to be like more on set. They're going to be more focused if they're not worrying about like their kid back at home. And I mean, and it's hard and like, you know, and productions like the budgets are like getting even crazier. So like I understand the like the struggle, but I also think that there are like creative solutions that we mm-hmm. haven't even like explored thought of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. You kind of talked a little bit about this, but self-care for you, is that just physically moving your body or are there other ways that you try to practice self-care that keeps you sort of grounded and keeps your compass sort of in check when you do get overwhelmed, when there is a lot aside from your tribe and the people you can lean on? Is there something that is very sort of, you know, just yours Mm -hmm. that you do for you? Um. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it goes back to physicality in a way. Um, uh, Like here at the office, like what I'll do is I'll go for like a walk around like the like the neighborhood just to like clear my head and to like just physically move, get like blood blood flowing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I often find that at like during that walk that I'll like come up with like a solve for whatever thing I was like trying to figure out yeah just kind of like will all of a sudden pop into my head um and uh but yeah like going for runs um I I love doing yoga I haven't done yoga in like years but it that like that was always such a centering thing to me that I love to get back into doing and like same thing with like dance like I haven't been in a dance studio in like way too long um but like uh yeah, there's something about like moving the body, like the body in motion, and it like it's, it can somehow clear like clear the head and allow oh, it. One hundred percent. I don't know if you've ever read "The Body Keeps the Score," Mm-mm. but it's all about how there's tra- trauma stored in our bodies and all the ways in which movement and movement therapy helps people. Mm. But um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's like I one hundred percent believe it. Um, okay, what? Do you have a few more questions. Um, what do you think? creates career longevity um interesting uh i feel i feel like to me it's all about the people um and so i do feel like there is like a like required people skills um of being able to inner interact with people support people also to deal with difficult people um that's like a required skill i think of a producer um uh you know sometimes like you have like a crew member that you know might be like a bad apple or you know you're dealing with a you know executive or like whoever that might be difficult um uh yeah like like i don't know there's like a like a grace that might be required Mm. um to 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 handle some of those situations and um like if you can handle those gracefully that like you get called back for the the next time yeah um and then also like staying in touch and like really um caring about like the people and like the work um uh of like touching base and and genuinely wanting to like see other people's careers grow like you kind of your career ends up growing kind of with them. Um, like there's something about worrying too much about that can also make it harder just to like focus on doing the job well. And if yeah. the job's done well, you'll kind of naturally get called again as well. Like, I, like, I don't know. It's tough. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I've been very lucky. I've been very lucky to um, have connected with filmmakers that I really love and admire. Um, and uh, we get to keep working together. So what do you think it is about you as a producer, as an individual that you think people respond to, keep responding to and has kept you sort of in the conversation? Mm. This is, this is the time where you get to compliment yourself. It's very hard. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think I think I get the job done. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like uh, uh, people can trust me to like make sure it happens, and like you know, and uh, I'll follow through and um, keep all the balls in the air mm-hmm. and do all the juggling required. Um, and I try to always do it with a smile on my face and. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and to try to, like, have fun doing it. Um, so, I don't know. I guess that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. That's such a hard question. It's a hard question. It's it's just a fun, like, reflective thing. I don't think there's, like, a right answer. Um, I do like to ask the advice question, but I always like to make it, you know, specific. Like, to if someone who is listening and is 23 and maybe is in a completely different world than this world of producing production like like you were with choreography even though now you can see that there were so many similarities but if they're in this world that feels very far removed from this and they look at you they look at your instagram and all the things you're doing and all the fast festivals and all the things and they're like wow like she's amazing like how do i take the steps to try to mirror the journey she's had even though it'll be a different journey what would your advice be for someone who looks at what you've created specifically um i feel like it's like two two kind of different things um one i would say uh watch a lot of content and not like you know watching all the hbo shows but like go onto vimeo watch staff picks watch like like go on to Kickstarter and look at like what people are like making um, and people that are also just starting out or um, and see what you like. See if there is a filmmaker that particularly speaks to you. Like maybe they did a tiny little short um, that uh, for whatever reason, like you really connect with and reach out to that person. Like don't be afraid, like just like tweet at them or if you can find out like where they're working or, you know, like if you might have a mutual friend, um, see if you can reach out and just have coffee with them and just say like, I really admire your work and let me know how I can help. That is like such a great way. I can't tell you how many times like that's worked with me of just like people, um, uh, this like DP that just shot this short that I directed, he reached out to me like six or seven years ago just because he saw one of my dance films online and really liked it and he was like, can we just get coffee? He had just moved out to LA. I had coffee with him. I like like p- pitched him on a couple projects and then like seven years later hired him to like shoot this short that like looks gorgeous and he did such a great job um figuring out what you like and not like the stuff that's like really big but the stuff that's like being made that's like small like who are the people that like you would vibe with just on like a kind of creative level um and and that's i think a way to start cr- like creating your tribe because you're immediately looking at like cool like this is someone that's making work that i want to make yeah um and that uh is a great way and then um not taking no for an answer and i think this is like always like it's like a really delicate thing because i've also had some people like use this against me and like in not a like good way um but you know it to one of my first features that I um ever produced and directed was made because like I just didn't take no for an answer like I reached out for um to like all these different companies to see if they would like finance it and I kept on hearing no 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 and um and there was this one company that I just knew would be interested if I could just get to the right person who was the CEO of the company. Um, and I talked to the head of marketing. I talked who told me no. Um, I like I talked to all these people. And so I just started, after being told no by the head of marketing of the company, I just started guessing at what the CEO's email address was. Mm-hmm. And I tried first name, last name. I tried like first initial, you know, like I just like tried whatever I could. And eventually I didn't get a bounce back. He read the email 
got excited about the project and said, I'm looping in my head of marketing to like, to like make this work. Um, and they ended up financing the project. Um, was and, the head of marketing and, and like, Oh, hi again. She just kind of ignored that anything had <laughs> happened, but because that company hopped on board, then a bunch of other companies hopped on board and the whole thing got financed. Amazing. Um, and so like there was something to the like tenacity and like persistence that is important, but there's also a way to do it politely. Like, like I've had some people just like, reach out to me and say, hey, I want to have a meeting. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, I'm not available this month. I'm literally working 14-hour days. But, like, let's look at next month. And then they'll get, like, angry at me for not being Mm. available to meet. They're like, you told me to not take no for an answer. And I'm like, but, like, there's also a way to politely do that and to, like, also recognize people's, you know, time and um, constraints. So anyway, so, but but don't take no for an answer. Don't yeah. be afraid to like, to reach out to people and also like offer your services, like see how you can help. I worked a lot for free, just like, because I just like wanted to like learn the industry. Yeah. And, um, and then people will eventually start paying you to do it. <laughs> yeah. I think that the, the, that's that thing you're talking about, the finesse of, reaching out, having the grace, knowing when to push, knowing when to pause is a skill that is not often talked about. Yeah. And it's something that you only learn by doing. Mm -hmm. No one can teach you. And you have your own, each person has their own brand of like how they navigate those conversations and how they present themselves and how often you follow up and how to not be annoying and like perception and reading tone. Like that is such like to speak to social skills to me, that's like, it is an art form. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want the person to give me the yes. So how do I navigate this tactfully with grace to get that yes somehow? Yeah. And it's just so hard to explain that to people. Yeah, It's such a delicate fine line. Yeah. And, like, and being top of mind is like so important in this industry. And like, just like, because like, you know, we're constantly having tons of different meetings and like meeting constantly new people and there's different projects and different um filmmakers that it's hard to cut through the noise and so being top of mind for like whatever position whether you're a costume designer or an editor or a director um whatever it is um it's it's like important to stay top of mind with like someone that you're trying to work with um but there's like yeah there's like a way to do it tactfully and what i found is that it's you know reaching out once every couple months and just like checking in and being like, Hey, I just want to check in. And if you're able to like see what they've got going on and like, maybe they just had a film release or maybe they just had a baby or like whatever it is, give them a congratulations. If you have something new going on in your life or like that, your project just did something like, Hey, just wanted to let you know that this script that I sent you just got, became a finalist in you know, in in this competition, hope you're well, congrats on Sundance, what, you know, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. Um, It's not even necessarily asking for anything. It's just like a Mm check-in. Yeah. It's, it's hard because it's a long game. And I think people get frustrated with how long sometimes it can take, Mm -hmm. but like you have to be willing to put in that time um, and to stick it out. But if you do, it will pay off so much, but like it, it is like, it requires patience. Yeah. I mean, that is the caca and hence the title of my podcast is like it, that is the stuff that people don't talk about that part of it, of how long it takes and sort of little mini bricks that you're Mm -hmm. laying to build a bridge Mm -hmm. to where you want to go. And sometimes you look back and you're like, man, I've been doing all this heavy lifting. I don't feel like I've done anything, but then one day it clicks into place and it's like, all of that made sense and all of it culminates and you're like, oh, like it's like Steve Jobs once said, you know, you can only connect the dots looking backwards and you're like, had I not emailed that person nine years ago, exactly, I would not like, but those things, it's like, it's so real. I mean, and like, and each of those things is like planting a seed and like not all the seeds will sprout, but like when one of them does and then all of a sudden it's a tree, like it's like, it's crazy. You gotta be watering that garden. Yeah. You gotta water that garden all the time. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like, (laughs) like you're in a drought (laughs) but but and and this is the other thing I'll say is that sometimes people come into your life at a time when your garden is in full bloom and they think it's like that all the time Mm -hmm. and they're like oh like you just walked in and it was like this yeah and I don't know much about gardening so my garden metaphors are not great and a lot of my friends are like this is great I'm like so I'm so in it with you yeah they're like stop using garden metaphors because like caca and fertilizer it's like whatever but no it's like and sometimes it's like oh but you haven't seen the years where nothing happened and there was like just weeds and I had to pull them out Mm -hmm. and I was like crying there's no overnight success there's no 
literally doesn't exist. Yes, um, yes. You know, like every every single person, and like, and I've and I've been, you know, close to like to to those people who everyone perceives as an overnight success, and it's like, like I have seen the work that has yeah. gone into it, and um, yeah, it's like this like weird myth in Hollywood that that there that you just like there's like this just this discovery and this thing, but like. You have to be willing to like work the craft. You have to be willing to like mm-hmm. do and like test and like because because all of that hard work, even on like the projects that feel like they don't matter, that work and those skills that you're honing are gonna end up making you that much better for the project that that does matter. And yes. like and and you had to do all those other projects to get there. To get there. Yep. Yeah. It's perfect. So true. <laughs> well, I don't even know what else to say because I feel like <laughs> You you crushed it. You said all the things. Go see Greener Grass in theaters on October 18th. Yay! <laughs> yes, please. Go see it. And then let us know what you thought of it. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Please well, do. thank you so much. And that's this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Every week, again and again, you're tuning in. You're listening. You're rating. You're reviewing. You're subscribing. You're commenting. It means the world to me. I love doing this life thing with you guys. <sighs> Almost ran out of breath there. <laughs> I hope you do too. I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up. I'm at Carolina Gropa. The show's at Life with Kaka. Thanks again for tuning in and spending this time with me. I'll see you next week. Beijos. <laughs>